the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today, from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 12, and uh, it quotes prophecy from Isaiah, God the Father is speaking about his Son, who became man, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the prophecy summarizes the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ in five points. The prophecy says, Behold my servant whom I have chosen. My servant because the Son became man and took the form of humanity. So, this doesn't mean the Son is inferior to the Father, as Arius said, but my servant refers to his incarnation, and he became like all of us, the servants of God. My beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. Uh, the Son, as the Lord even the Father said in the Transfiguration, and in the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is my beloved son. Uh, the love among the three hypostases of the Holy Trinity is eternal. So the father is calling his son my beloved, in whom I am well pleased because he fulfilled the economy of the father. He fulfilled the will of the father in saving the humanity and actually restoring them to their union with God. Then he summarized his ministry, as I said in five uh, points, I will put my spirit upon him. And this happened on the day of baptism when the spirit of God descended like a dove on the head of our Lord Jesus Christ and anointed him to be the king, the uh, prophet, and also the high priest. And the word, the Christ, means the chrismated one, the anointed one. And when he was anointed or chrismated, during the day of his baptism, when the Holy Spirit descended upon him and anointed him. So he is the chrismated one, the Christ. So that is the minister of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, uh, he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will declare justice to the Gentiles. That's number one. Number two, he will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. Number three, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. Number four, till he sends forth justice to victory. And number five, and is his name Gentiles will trust. So these are the five points in the prophecy of Isaiah about our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us reflect on these five points quickly. The first point, he will declare justice to the Gentiles. We know in the Old Testament, 
the Gentiles are the non-Jewish people. And they were oppressed by Israel. Israel considered the Gentiles are uh, wicked, ungodly, people who have no hope in salvation, and they will uh, perish eternally. That's why they despised the Gentiles. And I'm sure you know in the early church, when Peter baptized uh, Cornelius, and Paul started to preach among the Gentiles, how some of the Jewish leaders give hard time to Peter and Paul. And Paul was stoned. Paul actually was condemned to death because he preached Christianity to the Gentiles. So here the Lord Jesus Christ said, the Father said about the Lord Jesus Christ, he will declare justice to the Gentiles. So now the Gentiles, like all of us, the Gentiles are members in the body of Christ. Who declared this truth to us? It is our Lord Jesus Christ. He came to declare that God is not for one nation. God is not for one race. God for everybody. God loves everybody. When the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for everybody, not only for Israel, but for everybody. So he declared this truth that God loves everybody. Everybody is called to salvation, called to reunion with God, to be one with God. How he declared justice to the Gentiles? He is the truth. So he came and declared the truth. Not the truth of the world, but the divine truth. Because there are actually people who claim truth here in the world. But this truth is falsehood. But the truth that comes from heaven is the absolute truth. And the knowledge of the truth actually will set the people free. As the Lord said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So by declaring the truth, by preaching the truth, then we the Gentiles accepted the truth, then we became free, free from the bondage of sin, free from the bondage of the devil free from the bondage of the oppressors. And thus, he brought justice to us. Thus, he brought justice to us. So, that's the first part of his ministry, to declare justice to uh, the Gentiles. But how he did it? How he did it? Many countries, when they want actually to bring justice to another country or a small country, they may start a war. And they justify this war under the name of justice. Or many people actually 
under the name of justice, if they want to, uh, to defend uh, one who is oppressed, they actually uh, start protesting in a non-peaceful way. And they justify this under the word of justice. But let us see how the Lord Jesus Christ was able to bring justice to victory. So the second element in his ministry, he will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. So these three things, not quarreling, not, nor crying out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets, revolve about one point, which is meekness, gentleness, humbleness. You heard in the Pauline letter of today from uh, the second epistle um, to Corinthians chapter 10, St. Paul said, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yes, we have weapons. Weapons to bring justice. Weapons to declare the truth. But these weapons are not karma. These weapons are spiritual. Weapons through prayer and fasting. Weapons through being peacemakers. Weapons through meekness and gentleness. Weapons by turning the other cheek. These are the weapons of Christianity. Our Lord Jesus Christ did not start a war in order to declare justice to the Gentiles. He did not quarrel. He did not start uh, a trouble. He was not a troublemaker. He was a peacemaker, actually. And by actually being a peacemaker, he was able to defend the oppressed who was able to bring justice. St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 spoke about this point and said, speaking truth and love. Speaking truth and love. Nowadays, many people, for example, if there is a conflict over doctrine, theology, and instead actually of discussing these theological issues or differences in meekness and gentleness, they curse one another, they insult one another, they actually uh, very, very rough and harsh with one another. And all of this under the name of truth, justice, who are defending the truth. Actually, you can discover the falsehood from the truth only by the way it is delivered. If you are delivering your message in non-meek spirit, in cruelty, definitely your message is the falsehood. But if you are delivering your message in peace, gentleness, and meekness, like our Lord Jesus Christ, did not quarrel, then 
your message is the truth. He did not quarrel, he did not cry out. Cry out, usually people cry when they are angry, when they want to revenge. And many people, again, under the name of the truth or defending justice, they cry out and hurt others and become unfair to others. And here, the question, how, while you are defending fairness and justice and truth, you are lying, you are using falsehood, and you are unfair to others. This actually is not the spirit of Christ. This is not the spirit of Christ. We saw Nehemiah in the Old Testament. He was a reformer. But he was a peacemaker. Even when the three men started opposition against them, actually he did not pay attention to them. And he said, God of heaven will give us a victory. And we, his children, will rise up and build. In our current time, Habib Gergis, when he wanted actually to reform the church. He did not split from the church. He not falsely accused the leader of the church. But as archdeacon, he was submissive to the leaders of the church. And he started reforming the church peacefully by paying attention to the little children. And these little children later on became the leaders of the church. So, Reformation cannot be done in the spirit of the world or in the spirit of Satan. Reformation should be done in the spirit of Christ, meekness, gentleness. He cannot, he does not, he did not quarrel nor cry out. Nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. Meaning what? Not hearing his voice in the streets. Meaning, he did not slander anybody publicly. But he was actually covering for the weaknesses of others. That's why, as you, you heard in the Catholic letter of today, uh, St. Uh, Peter, he said, Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, actually, if couple have a conflict with each other, he will go on his Facebook and write, you know, I have fight with my wife today. She is... And that's under the name of, of the truth, or finding justice, or finding people to support him. The Lord Jesus Christ did not slander anybody. When he say, it is written, he did not... Uh, nobody, no one heard his voice in the streets means he was covering we saw how he covered for the woman who was caught in sin we saw how he uh, defended Zacchaeus how he defended the sinful woman in the house of the uh, Simeon the Pharisee how he defended 
Saint Matthew Levi when they accused the Lord Jesus Christ that he is eating and drinking with sinners. That is how you bring justice. Then the third dimension in his ministry, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. So you cannot separate justice from mercy and compassion and kindness. Bruised reed means this reed is exposed to some sort of trauma. That's why this reed became bruised. But he was compassionate on this reed. He, did, he didn't say, this reed is hopeless. There is no hope in it. Let us just break it and get rid of it. So the bruised reed represents us who through our life went through trauma and we became bruised. But the Lord Jesus Christ is defending, protecting, healing, providing compassion to us and healing. The thief on the cross was a bruised reed. But the Lord encouraged him and he told him, today you will be with me in the paradise. The Lord was seeking those who are rejected, the outcast of the people, and comforted them. And he told them, I came for you, because the whole do not need a physician, but the sick are in need of a physician. I did not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then, that is the bruised reed. What about the smoking flax? You know, the flax like in the candle, in the oil lamp. When there is no oil, this flax starts to just smoke. It does not give light. So it is a symbol of burning out or being stressed out. You cannot reflect the light of Christ anymore. So, again, these people who are stressed out, who are burned out, under a lot of pressure, under a lot of uh, oppression and anxiety, the Lord will not say, these people have no hope. There is no hope. Let us quench and get rid of these flags. No. He adds the oil of the Holy Spirit. So these flags will start to lit again and to shine and to be light and to reflect the light of Christ. So the Lord was compassionate. Maybe justice or truth, not the divine truth and divine justice, will tell you, don't waste your time with this Bruce Reed. Get rid of it. Don't waste your time with these flags. Get a new one. But no, the Lord is compassionate. That is the true justice and the true the, the, the truth. You cannot separate it from compassion, speaking truth and love. By doing this, by meekness, by gentleness, by using the spiritual weapons, he will actually 
bring, sent forth justice to victory. So at the end, we know that justice and the truth will overcome. But how we bring justice to victory? Let us follow the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ by mercy, by compassion, by gentleness, by meekness. When actually we follow the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he was a peacemaker, did not slander anybody, did not use falsehood to justify his way, he did not hurt anybody in defending the truth, that is how he was able to bring justice to victory. And the last uh, point uh, in his ministry, and in his name, Gentiles will trust. People usually trust a strong leader. But the strength and the power, their definition in Christianity is different than their definition in the world. In the secular world, power is power of money, power of influence, power of weapons. But in Christianity, the power actually is the power of the cross. There is him, we say it on Good Friday, on Monoganese. We say, holy God, who manifested by his weakness on the cross more than what power can, can manifest, greater than any power and any might. يقول قدوس القوي الذي أظهر بالضعف ما هو أعظم من القوة. Through his weakness, he demonstrated what is greater than the might according to the secular understanding. That's why the Gentiles trust in him. Trust in this power of peace. Trust in the power of meekness. Trust in the power of gentleness. That is the true power. Not the power of weapons, the power of money, the power of slandering. This is not the power. But the real power is the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can see how in less than 100 years after his ascension to heaven, Christianity was preached in the whole world. And the whole world, in very short time, all of it became Christian. And by the fourth century, every single person in the world was Christian. That is the power of the cross. That's the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, in his name, the Gentiles will trust. So, this is the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came to uh, declare justice to the Gentiles. He did not quarrel nor cry out, 
nor anyone heard his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he did not break, smoking flax he did not quench, till he sent forth justice to victory, and in his name Gentiles will trust. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.